Welcome to the Bible Feed Podcast, a place of conversations about the Bible and faith in the modern world, where ordinary people come together to help each other understand the Bible better. Let's get started. Hi, for our last podcast of 2020, we're bringing you one of the first discussions we recorded when lockdown started in the UK in March 2020. It seems like an age ago now, but also, strangely, just like yesterday, when we were just getting to that point of the first lockdown haircut. The subject of this discussion is why read the Bible, which seemed relevant at the beginning of lockdown when many perhaps had a bit more time on their hands, but still seems relevant now as we go into a new year in a world very much still in the grip of uncertainty. And so, whatever 2020 has been like for you, whether it's given you sadness or joy or additional stress and strain, perhaps it's comforting to know that the still small voice of the divine revealed through an ancient text will always be there waiting for us to listen to it. So we hope you enjoy this discussion and we wish you all the best for 2021. Uh, My name's Dan and uh, today I've got John and Paul with me uh, to discuss this topic. So hi John. Good evening. How are you? Yeah, all right, thank you. Yeah, uh, yeah, very well. Uh, today, I was just mentioning, um, has been a first lockdown haircut, which has been mildly entertaining. So, uh, yeah, so you stay in that angle. So, yeah, I am. I will not. I will not be turning from the right to the right hand or the left. No, very good. Okay, and Paul, how are you? I'm. I'm very well, thank you. The uh, the lockdown beard or Movid or Bovid or whatever whatever it's called. <laughs> Um, is, is coming along. Um, it's coming along very nicely. Excellent. Tomorrow, well, thank tomorrow you very much. <laughs> thank you both very much uh, for joining me. I'm, I'm quite looking forward to this one because I get to and ask you both all the questions. I'm going to, we're going to be thinking and having a conversation about reading the Bible, about why you two read the Bible. And hopefully that'll be useful for, for everyone else, everyone watching and uh, you know, anyone else who catches up with this, this later. So that's what we're, we're going to talk about. Um, now, um, the Let's let's get started straight in then. So the Telegraph reported in 2017, so not that long ago, that more than half of all those who identified as Christian across all denominations admitted that they never read the Bible. So that's as part of a survey in 2017. And a little bit more recently to to this, the uh, the Premier Christian News reported in in January last year that uh, Christian millennials, they, their attitude to the Bible is that nine percent of practicing Christians said they read it every day, thirteen percent a few times a week, thirteen percent said every week, and seventeen percent said they read it a few times a year, meaning around 51% of practicing Christian millennials read it less than once a month. So, I mean, there's a couple of statistics there. Um, we can we can probably turn to all sorts of different statistics. Um, so, John, I think you you qualify as a millennial. I think I do just uh, yeah. as well. Um, what, what sort of millennial are you, John? How much do you read the Bible? Um, so, I think the answer to that would probably be it depends. Um, but I would say I sit between the kind of uh, every day to a few times a week kind of individual um, uh, at the moment. Um, and I think actually during lockdown, it's been slightly different for me than it would be normally. Um, because I guess the question, I think you asked the question, which is how often do I read the Bible? So that would probably be a slightly different answer to how often I would hear it, for example. So often if I run and like when I used to get the tube, 
into work in London, I'd often listen to it on a commute. So I, the, the, the answer is how many times would I read? It's probably lo- lower than the amount of times I would digest it, if you see what I mean. Okay, um, yeah. So engaging I, I, with the Bible in different ways. Exactly that, yeah. And I, I think I think that's probably something that if you take a kind of wider sweep of history, the concept of reading the Bible for a lot of history has been um, something that they, they often haven't been able to do. Um, and we're really privileged to be able to do it in all sorts of different ways and, and that kind of thing. And I think the other thing I was um, I often do as a member of a faith community is you read it in community as well. So we'll read it sure. on a Sunday morning. Um, we have a Bible study class where I attend um, on, a, on a Wednesday. So we'd read it together then. And then I'd read it privately. Um, I'd read my 18-month-old daughter, like stories about the Bible. But it's, it's all kind of absorbing the Bible in different forms, I think, um, for me. So that's, that's I guess... The answer to the what kind of millennial are you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So probably yeah. You you, you read the Bible a little bit more than the average millennial, I I, I guess. Uh, Paul, yeah. I don't know if you qualify as a millennial, do you? Well, are you? I, I I'm pretty sure I don't qualify as a as a millennial. It's all right. Um, we we still want to hear from you. So. But but nevertheless, I I still really appreciate the the blessing that I guess that we have in this age and in this country of having. The, the Bible is, is never been more accessible in, in all those different ways that you know John has, has described described some uh, in terms of audio or um, and, and apps on your phone and uh, tablets. Careful not to uh, drop brand names into the uh, <laughs> into the conversation. But you, you know, for, for me, I would I'll use an analogy and, and I'll, I'll characterise my my Bible reading as slinging mud against a wall. Um, it's maybe not quite the right analogy. <laughs> maybe taking it slightly out of context. But you know that you know the saying. You know, just the more mud you sling at the wall, uh, some of it will stick, and and that's that's kind of, you know my my head, my brain, my memory is the wall, and and as long as I keep slinging it at it, then some of it will stick, some of it will stay in my memory, um, and uh, it, you know, I think the analogy works on a number of levels. Uh, you know, sometimes sometimes the mud's dry. Um, and it doesn't. Sometimes it's wet, and it and it sticks nicely. Uh, and sometimes I just get tired of it and, and stop for a while. And you know, so, so that is, you know, it tends to be small chunks, a bit random, not very well structured. Um, and um, you know, sometimes there's there's a pause, and, and I and I don't read as much for a while, and then and then I pick it up again. And it, you know, if we if we look at I guess what the Bible says about it itself and, and how people have engaged with it in the past, um, there's lots of examples of people looking at the Bible on a regular basis. It's just you know, daily meditation, whether it's the, the, the psalmist saying that he is meditating on, on the law, on the word of God day and night, um, or the Bereans who are searching the scriptures daily. Um, but I think John made a good point about it's a very modern thing for us to think about reading the Bible as we're sat in our chair, with whether it's or listening to it or whatever, uh, and, we're, and we're just sat there on our own reading it. Um, and, and you know maybe that's for the past 100 150 years that's probably the most common way of, of reading it but prior to that the vast bulk of human history um, in largely oral societies where levels of literacy have not not been as high as they are today then it, people are hearing it read um, or reading it aloud to each other and that's certainly the examples you see in, in old testament and new testament and actually that is a really positive way of, of, of engaging with the bible um, you know, it's always helpful just on that there's um uh, something I, I i guess i've become more aware of as i've read um the bible over the last couple of 15 or 20 years um and that's sometimes how to the point that we kind of touched on twice that um i think it's in if you look in the gospels which are records about the life of jesus the way that he talks to the common people, many of whom couldn't read, and talks to the kind of religious elites who could read is different. So he'll say often to 
to big crowds of people, many of whom couldn't read, have you not heard? Yeah. And then he'll say to people who are sort of um, scribes or re- religious people who could read, have you not read? And so there does seem to be this distinction yeah. that in that era, there was this kind of, many people would hear the word, the, the Bible, the, or the Bible as we would call yeah. it, orally, uh, and some would hear it or, or mm. read it. And Jesus makes that distinction. So it's, it's just another little tip. And, and actually, the, the, the question that, that Jesus asked on a number of occasions is, how do you read? Yeah. So for those that are in the privileged position of being able to read it for themselves and, and therefore reading it aloud to others that can't do that, you know, they've got to be really careful yeah. how, how they're yeah. doing it. We're going to get on to that for sure, either tonight or some of the time. Um, how how you read it? It's a, it's a big old book, so uh, there's, there's lots of ways you could pick it up and read it and, and run with it. So, but okay, good. So you you both have had quite a lot of experience reading the Bible, consuming the Bible, engaging with the Bible, one way or another, individually, in community, and, and in various different ways. So so you sort of qualified for me to, uh, to uh, ask you questions about it, on you know, and to try and explore the question why why do you read the Bible? And why should anyone read the Bible? That's really what we're sort of exploring tonight. What is it? What's the purpose of the Bible? So that's what we want to think about. So just following on from that that same survey, the, the Premier Christian News report uh, from from last year, last January, they uh, cited a couple of reasons that why people most gave as reasons for uh, engaging with the Bible, and they were mostly to to comfort me was one response. Thirty percent of those, and twenty nine percent said to inspire me. So they picked up the Bible or they sat down and they listened to something or, or whatever. However they did it, they did it to be comforted or to be inspired. So John. Um, First of all, is the Bible a comforting, comforting book to read? Um, yeah, I guess it's one of those questions. It's it's um, it's tricky to uh, answer on behalf of everyone. Uh, but for me personally, I'd say the answer is probably a bit of yes and a bit of no. Um, and I would say perhaps um, I can give a couple of examples actually that might be um, sure. worth just thumbing through. So there are some parts of the Bible or some principles that you read about in the Bible that are, I would say, very comforting. So maybe... Um, why don't we try? There's one in the in the New Testament in the letter to that's called Hebrews, um, Hebrews chapter thirteen um, and verses sort of five and six. So I would say these. This is an example of words that I would find comforting, and I think probably lots of people do. So it talks about um, at the end of verse five. Um, it's actually a quotation from part of the Jewish scriptures or the Old Testament, as it's sometimes called. Um, second half of Hebrews 13 verse 5 for he himself as God has said I will never desert you nor will I forsake you or nor will I ever forsake you so that we can confidently say the Lord is my helper I will not be afraid what will man do to me so that's an example of where I would say for most people reading that that's very comforting um, and there's other passages that maybe on first read don't sound comforting but I would say probably are so um, I've got one other example of this and then I'll think give you one that isn't and then maybe we could chat about them so um, Mark chapter 15 would be an example of a passage which is in the life of Jesus which I find very comforting and perhaps particularly at the moment in light of the virus so it's quite a tricky question and it's not one for tonight around kind of uh, why why bad things happen that's a very common kind of question that believers and non-believers have isn't it I think it's not a reasonable question to ask um, and actually, in this instance, in Mark 15, Jesus is on the cross. It's when he dies. And uh, in, in that moment, while he's on the cross, he cries out in verse 34. And it gives you a bit of text that's in um, 
the language that Jesus probably then spoke, Aramaic or Hebrew or something like that, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani. And it explains that translated as, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So that's quite a hard verse to read in the first instance. But when I think you think about it and go back and see what Jesus might be doing, it, it would seem to me that Jesus knew intellectually that God was there, but maybe didn't emotionally feel like that at this particular point. And I can sympathise a lot with that, that sometimes I, I have a of a faith that believes that God is there, but sometimes you can't see him or know that he's doing, or, or maybe why is this all happening at the moment? And you don't know. And for, for me to see Jesus going through that is quite comforting. Does that make sense? Yeah. So on the surface that you read it, you know, this, is a, this is a description of someone dying by yeah. one, one of the most sort of evilest forms of execution of an old man. <laughs> yeah. And he's crying out, my God, why have you forsaken me? Yeah. Well, how on earth is that a comforting thing? Um, well, it isn't really if that's all it was. But actually, you're sort of thinking it through that if even Jesus felt like that, then if I feel like that, then OK, that, that might give me a little shred of comfort. In it. Yeah, it, exactly that. So that's probably one where it's a good example of actually pausing and thinking about what the the bible says in this instance is, is maybe a useful thing but i guess to the question you asked earlier which was um is it comforting there are some parts of the bible which i would say i don't get any comfort from reading and i think they're quite gruesome to read so go on then. say again sorry go, go on then you, you share share as one um, not in detail um so probably um some of the chapters in judges yeah. in the old testament are are vile to read like they are they detail rape and sexual abuse and yeah. uh, civil war and it is it's a, a, a literal bloodbath and it is i think horrible to read and i remember reading some of it as a child and you're a bit like oh, I don't, oh this isn't nice yeah. so i'd say that's an example of a passage where i wouldn't find that remotely comforting more alarming than anything else and like horrible um i think maybe when i was a kid some of the kind of there's some like um, wars that are detailed. You get a sort of as a maybe it's just a little boy thing. You think, oh, it's really exciting battles and stuff. But then there's these other like when you really think about it, uh, it's it's kind of tough to read. So I think does, hopefully that gives you an idea of just I do find some of it comforting. I, I find other bits not comforting at all, and I don't think they're supposed yeah. to be. And I think maybe that is a factor that perhaps sometimes we can come to the Bible with some expectations that we want it to all be maybe nice and light and fluffy and makes you just feel warm inside. Mm. And I think if we say that. We're simply not doing justice to a lot of the detail in the in the book or the books more widely. Um, yeah, so that's yeah, so that I, I get that. So so we so the purpose of the Bible isn't necessarily there just to give us a bit of comfort. It's not there as a comfort blanket. Um, it it may do that, and that's the sort of you know a few steps along the line. It may give you comfort having thought it through and what it's trying to sort of present to you. But but yeah, when you turn up the judges or you turn up the count of the flood or you turn up other, you know, all sorts of different things and you think, actually, stop to think about it. This is, yeah. This kind of thing. yeah. And again, that's not a problem with the Bible. It's probably just a problem with some of the expectations you're trying to bring to it. Yeah. Um, and I think I, I, it, it would be wrong not to say this. I think the, the, the purpose of Christianity is one to provide comfort and hope and reassurance and a brilliant future uh, and comfort now but that's different to saying that the bible as a whole is comforting in every single part of it because it, it simply isn't yeah okay good um so uh so most people turn to the bible for to be comforted but a lot of people turn to the bible to uh, to be inspired to go on and maybe do something um paul how does the bible inspire you well um, again it's it's quite a um a personal question, and, and the answer will be different for different people. Um, it, it, it certainly can inspire, and but it can do all sorts of things. It, it, it can it can comfort. It can, and often when it's providing comfort, it's providing a challenge as well, as John has illustrated. Um, it's it, it's it's there's a lot of great literature 
in there. There's some cracking stories. And, and you can see in some of the, the very vivid characters painted with, uh, you know, the good guys and the bad guys often, very clearly painted in the, in the narrative of the, uh, the, the accounts of the Bible. And, and you can see how storytelling and, and, and has developed from some of the, the, the type of characters and, and, and accounts in the Bible. Um, you, can, you can look at the language and, and delight in the sort of imagery and the word pictures that, that are used. Um, it, it also confuses me quite a lot. Um, it gives us insights into human nature and psychology and human condition and so on. Uh, but what, what I think is the aspect that most people probably find inspiring at some level is, is are the characters, are the people that, that are described in, in, in the narratives. Um, because then they're, they're, not, they're not superhero stories. Um, they're not Marvel characters, the, the characters in the Bible. They're, they're often shown to be very human. And, and the narrative seems to go out of its way to point out the failures and the flaws of, of the characters uh, in the Bible. Um, and it shows them as, as struggling with understanding their place in the world, their relationship with, with God. And, and all of that um, is very easy to connect with and, and engage with. Um, but somehow through all of that, it's, it's pointing towards someone who isn't flawed. Um, and, and we read about the, the prophets um, kind of looking and inquiring as to how their experiences were pointing forward to the, the one that was to come, who was going to get it right, even though everyone else had failed, um, and pointing to the Messiah. Um, so you know, I guess you know how how do we get inspiration from from the scriptures? There are there are top down. Some people look at things kind of on a top down basis, and some people like to build it up from the detail, bottom up. I, I tend to come from the top down, and one of the most inspiring things for me is the is the grand narrative of of the Bible, if you like, if I can call it that. You know, which is essentially for human beings to reflect the image of God. I mean, that that's that's the grand narrative and purpose, if ever there was one. Um, but through the stories, through the narrative of the Bible, you repeatedly have people failing to do that and you kind of travel that journey with them and you, you know adam and eve are you going to are you going to get it right no you failed abraham are you going to get it right no you you seem to have made a mistake there isaac jacob now you're deceiving people you know all these characters come through in the narrative and you you want them to kind of succeed and then they fail and the kings whether it's david or um hezekiah each time is it's a roller coaster of, of of these characters um failing and, and each time there's a new character emerging, you think will this be will this will this one get better will this be the one that, that achieves it and and through all of that, you want to get involved. That's what I think is inspiring. You want to be involved in that narrative um, and, and somehow be a part of humanity coming to a state where it can reflect uh, the image of God. It's, so the result is this grand storyline that just draws us in um, and invites us to join in. Okay, good. Yeah, so you're, so inspiration or inspired by the Bible as a whole, I suppose, is what, you, what you're saying, um, you know, rather than necessarily, you know, going right down to an individual character and saying, oh, they did this, they acted in this way, therefore that's what I need to do in that situation. You know, that, that's kind of what you're... Yeah, I, I, a bit of in, each of those, in each of those individual characters, you know, some of them might particularly resonate with an experience that we, we're having. Um, and, and and you can relate to it um, and, and draw inspiration from that individual character. But I, I guess we do so because it's part of the overall uh, direction of travel, if you like, of the, the narrative. Yeah. Is there any... Oh, go on. I was just going to say, I guess um, I'm not someone who's read every single kind of holy book in the world and, and by any stretch, and there might be some people on the line who have, or you, you chaps might have more than I. But I think to the point that Paul has made, it's, it's probably one of the relatively unique features of the biblical text that they are so honest about mm. people yeah. you know that often the, the to the to the word you use Paul around it's like superheroes they're very often flawed heroes mm. and they have real 
like human challenges and uh and that i think is definitely something that particularly if you read the, the lives life of jesus his closest followers are often people that fail the most yeah. you know, in the narrative um which is certainly a very interesting factor to think about in a holy book because normally if you think about holiness as a concept you'd expect everything to be good and actually to your point paul yeah. it's incredibly not yeah. it's certainly painting the world as it is but 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 with this sort of meta narrative this grand narrative flowing through it it's that's one of the things that makes you think this is this is more than just a collection of that have been brought together over time you know almost as a, a, a librarian or a <laughs> brought it together it's it's something that is is designed to fit together and and, and tell a tell a story Is there, Paul, is there anywhere in the Bible that you can think of that that's explains how how we should be reading it, you know, how it should be read itself? Does it, you know, does it explain that? Because you, you, you sort of... Yeah. yeah, go on. It is an important thing to think about and to consider. Yeah. Because to, to some extent, you can come to the Bible and, it, and, it, and you can almost just make it what you want it to be. Um, and, you know, history is, is littered with examples of that. And, you know, we're, we're all, we all live in England, um, familiar with the Church of England, and Henry VIII. Well, he, you know, he used the Bible. He came to the Bible and said, "Well, how can I, how can I use this to uh, kind of overthrow the authority of um, the Pope, who's telling me I can't get a divorce?" Um, you know, so, yeah. so, you know, there yeah, is weaponizing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and we prefer to, you know, Jesus says, "How do you read? How do you read it?" It's a challenge to a lawyer. Um, so, so what, what's it, what's it for then? So it's this. So we've kind of, I mean, it's hard to do on a short sort of evening yeah. webinar, but we've painted a bit of a picture of this big book full of lots of sort of characters in the old testament who sort of look like yeah. they're going to do a really good job and then a lot of them fail and but leading up to someone called jesus who is claimed to sort of live a perfect life um all his followers though are really you know they they sort of mess up a lot of the time don't they and yeah. his disciples and you know what so what what is it if it you know there might be isolated passages like that one in hebrews where we can sort of dip in and say lovely it sounds like god's not never going to leave me or forsake me that comforts me but then there's these passages like the judges so what is it what is it for what's the purpose of the Bible? well if we uh, well let's, let's look at a couple of verses that and see what it says about itself um so yeah. let's start with galatians galatians chapter three um so so that's saying so just one verse out of Galatians chapter 3 is one of the letters of Paul and it says in verse 24 that the law was our guardian like a schoolmaster uh, to bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by faith so I think that you know there's you know pretty succinctly in, in a nutshell that's what it's supposed to do it's the, the law just to, so the law what's that referring to that would well, that'll be the old testament uh, the hebrew bible um it's probably in this context a pretty broad term of, of the law and the prophets and, yeah um okay. just in case it's useful my, my version has tutor there which i think is yeah. quite handy yeah because uh if you think about what you uh, if you had a tutor uh, for your a-level maths or something it's fairly obvious mm. what they're trying to do they're trying to teach yeah. you aren't they yeah so you know so, so the you know it's making the point isn't it that the the, the book, the text, the words on the page are not the end itself. They're there for a purpose to bring us to, to Christ. Okay. And, and, and that's, you know, so, and there's a similar, similar idea in, um, in Hebrews, Hebrews chapter one, the opening of that, that book. Um, uh, is from the uh, English Standard Version. It says, Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things. Um, and so it's, it's the, the, 
the, the prophets in, in many, many times. And that's what you know, the Bible is, lots of different collected books and writings um, and speeches and letters, different genres in many ways. Um, but now... <laughs> And his son that it's all leading to that so it's sort of culminating in jesus that's yeah yeah that's what, yeah, yeah. those two passages have said yeah yeah so uh, but that but that means you know we have to bear in mind that that if that's the purpose of of this text um that's that's a fairly it's a fairly focused purpose if you sure. like. um and that you know we perhaps shouldn't we've got to be a bit careful that we don't expect it to be things that, that it doesn't intend to be it doesn't claim to be you know i think you know some of the examples john john's used it's it's not it's not a children's storybook <laughs> in, in in many ways although there's clearly examples of people being brought up with, with the scriptures and, that, and that's good but it, it isn't really for children in, in yeah many ways. definitely some of those passages in yeah. the judges. Yeah. yeah um you know it isn't a health manual it isn't a a manual for daily tasks and, and daily life. It's and it's probably fair to say, Paul, that, that sometimes um, that can be a perception of the Bible, can't it? Like, yeah. if you see, um, and I guess like some of them are really positive things. Like you see, sort of, um, yeah. I don't know, like business advice from the Bible, or that yeah. Kind of yeah. thing where people have clearly gone in with a, a very focused intent to yeah. get something out for something that's very relevant today. Mm. Um, and it, it kind of it doesn't do justice to what it is, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and just kind of bring those thoughts together. There's um, the verses in two Corinthians, uh, sorry, two, uh, Timothy chapter three, which really nails, I think, the uh, the purpose of of the Bible. Um, so yeah, let's just take a look at that. Two Timothy. Three. So it's verse 15. Um, Paul is saying to Timothy, so the Apostle Paul is saying to Timothy, how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writing. So he, he was obviously familiar with, uh, with it from a, from a child, um, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. So there's, there's a purpose, able to make you wise for salvation. And then it says all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So there, there you've got a pretty, a pretty good explanation of what, what the Bible is for. Um, which, you know, yeah, there's quite a, quite a lot of different aspects in there, which we can think. Yeah, of. yeah, it, it, it's it's covering sort of um, well, the, the, the um, a man or a woman's sort of spiritual health, isn't it? I, I suppose that's it's it's equipping someone to be godly, to do good works. Mm. You know, in the eyes of God, it's it's there to make them wise for salvation, to give them wisdom, yeah. which is really very different from I, I don't know from. You know, like you said, a health manual. Uh, it's not there to sort of dip into parts of the law of Moses and say, "Oh, there, yeah. you know, there you go. We we should eat this. We shouldn't eat that." Sort of thing. Um, should eat bats. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and, and things like that. Um, or you know, or this is how you uh, you, you succeed in life. Yeah. Which is you know that's big business, isn't it? In, in mm. parts of the world where the Bible is used and well abused. Yeah. Um, to uh, and there's, there's there's quite a lot in those in those words. There's kind of t- for teaching, uh, for reproof, for correction, and training. It's a bit of a a bit of a process there really i think um you, you know yes there's there's learning there's acquiring some knowledge um but then there's then that's going to rebuke you or reprove you or kind of ex- expose the fact that you've got you've got some things that you need to change about yourself and, and then then there's um training and discipline in development and growth um, so yeah so it sounds more complicated doesn't it than sort of just dipping into it and you know uh, today i'm feeling a bit down so i'd, I'd like to dip into the bible and get out a verse of comfort that you know, that's what you, you know. I'm, I'm talking to you, asking yeah. you why, why do you read it, and you don't read it just because you feel down one day. You're just going to pick up a verse and pick you up. That's you know, th- there's a lot more to it, isn't there? That's what you're. That's what yeah, you're so, yeah. And I guess what we haven't touched on is the although we've spoken about it leading us to Jesus Christ, we haven't spoken much about well, what's the future that uh, that is involved with with Jesus as as okay. Messiah and King. So, so the you know the real 
the real reason when you get down to it is here's, here's a book that is something different by a divine author that is, is offering something outside of just our present existence. Okay, I, I'm going to change tack yeah. a little bit um, just uh, and ask John, John a question. Um, so in, a, in a, the depths of the Old Testament, in 1 Kings chapter 21, there's a passage, uh, and this is just, you know, one passage of many that describes fairly, fairly sort of bizarre events. Um, I say bizarre because they're, uh, you know, they're, they're ancient events, they're ancient places and cultures and people involved, and it's really quite, you know, different from what we're used to in this modern world. So in 1 Kings 21, um, Naboth, some, someone called Naboth, lived in a place uh, in Jezreel. He had a vineyard and King Ahab wanted it. And in the end, his wife Jezebel persuaded um, or arranged for Naboth to be murdered. And then Ahab went and, and took the vineyard. And there's all sorts of stuff going on in there. Um, but so, so the Bible, as we've seen in 2 Timothy 3, is there to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. That's the sort of purpose. Um, so, John, just... Uh, you know, what, what's 1 Kings 21 doing, for, for example, or other passages like it? How, can those things give you give you wisdom? That's a good question. Um, and I guess it's a, I guess before I just briefly um, th- think about that um, passage in question, I guess the, the wider question is, um, what's the relevance of, of other different bits of the Bible, isn't it? That's the question. You've picked one here at random, um, but the question is, what's the relevance of other bits of the Bible? And I think for me personally, the reason I think that there is value in these um, documents is because I believe that the evidence for Jesus rising from the dead is really good, and that is the grounding of my faith, and he believed that these books were special. So if you, if that makes sense as a sort of chain. Uh, sure, so, so if, yeah. you're, if you're reading num- um, 1 Kings 21, if you're reading that without any other context to it, you'd probably think, nothing, yeah. nothing for me. It, it's strange, isn't it? I mean, yeah. on, on one level, like it's like, if you just read it normal, like as without having that grounding, you go, well, it's an interesting historical insight into what's going on at the time. But then every other book does that as well, doesn't it? Like sure. Read any kind of history document for that. So I think yeah. the reason why it might be relevant is, uh, and against the points we've just discussed, the, the points I think that Paul covered actually from Timothy, I think it was Timothy, yeah, um, yeah. gives a reason as to why the Bible's there. That doesn't mean to say that every single passage you can kind of read it and immediately go, well, this is immediately applicable to me in wherever you live in 2020. That's not the purpose of every single passage in the Bible, it seems to me. Um, so I think for this passage, what, what you can glean is in the wider picture, God had made some uh, special promises to this group of people who were known as the Israelites. And this particular book is charting a period in their history when they had a series of kings, which is actually something that God didn't actually specifically want anyway. And to the point we were alluding to earlier, actually most of them are terrible um, as leaders. And, and again, uh, that might be analogous to today, but the purpose of this document is to chart the course of Israel's history as a special nature, a special nation who God gave promises to. And in this instance, it's very obviously painting out that the king who was set up wasn't any good. And he, him and his and his wife, a lady by the name of Jezebel, were not doing anything in line with what God would want, which again is back to this point that if scripture is there or these biblical passages are there to teach us stuff about our faith and so on, these are a bad example. And yet by contrast, this, this chap by the name of Naboth, who's a, uh, is an incredible example of someone who remained faithful under huge duress. And there's some comfort in that, in that okay. there will be times, I'm sure, for believers where they go through really tough periods. This man here lost his own life through doing so, and he's certainly not the first follower of God to do so. That doesn't mean everyone will. 
Um, and it doesn't mean that necessarily all Christians will have a tough life by any means. But it, I think there can be some comfort in reading this and also an appreciation of the nature of humanity. In this instance, out of what seems to be sort of petulant, almost childish petulant, someone's killed. And again, you can see that all down human history. And it maybe points to this point that actually as humans, we like to think we're really good. I'm an eternal optimist. and I'm usually wrong that actually often humans don't shower themselves in glory. Mm. And that in this little weird little narrative, you can kind of pick up these details in humanity and think, well, things aren't going well here for this nation. There's brilliant examples, but they're killed. And, and it leads to this point, ultimately, I think it's leading you to Jesus and saying, well, actually, we need a remedy for this. Um, does that make sense, any of that? Yeah, so, uh, yeah, yeah, it does. So uh, it, it's putting it in the context of a wide narrative, isn't it? That's what, what you're saying. I think so, yeah. And, and you can read, there's other passages, quite frankly, I don't always know, I haven't got a clue sometimes what, why you're given so much detail like there's some of them and you're a bit like this it seems to say the same thing over and over again um so i don't profess to know all of them and there's just some random thoughts on this one um but i think yeah the the wider macro picture um seems to be an important one for me to come back to fairly regularly and again my faith is anchored on the fact that jesus rose from the dead i'm not requiring of myself i don't think the jesus or the bible requires us to know in detail everything goes on or to be able to explain everything um okay again it's back to that question we asked throughout the start if you come to the bible with expectations you need to know everything and do everything in detail Mm. but there is comfort there's some wisdom in these in these narratives i think but it's it's a it's a classic example of those narratives that paints the characters very vividly you've got a clear bad guy yeah and and you've got an innocent god-fearing man who dies and and just in that just in that pattern of of characters and events at a really simple level that's pointing to jesus true sure and i think just one other point on that that because of um, we've talked about Jesus being the kind of pinnacle here. That passage in Hebrews talks about it. it's all coming to Jesus. The the language and the air and the cultural noise he breathed is is lot much of it is in these Jewish scriptures, these old, this Old Testament. So actually, to some extent, to understand the life and work of Jesus, he is constantly feeding back to incidents in the Old Testament. Actually, he probably alludes yeah. to this particular incident in one of his parables. And actually, to, so you you can read Jesus on a very simple level, but actually, if you have this background, it kind of makes maybe more sense of Jesus as well, which again mm-hmm. can help us in our faith. Sure, understood. Yeah. So another reason why it's worth reading it, on top of the the fact that this is painting a picture of humanity that we ought to pay attention to, is that we might understand and Jesus better because that was his Bible that he picked up and he read and his the people he was speaking to picked up and read and talked about so exactly. yeah, yeah. Okay, that's, that's, yeah we get into the air that they breathe by reading the same thing that they heard something mm-hmm. like good yeah no, that's worth thinking about Okay, similar sort of line, Paul. Um, numbers, numbers, chapter fifteen. Okay, um, it's a passage. Not, not about, familiar with it. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about sacrifices. Okay, I mean, there's okay. loads of sacrifices passages. Okay, yeah. In the in the you know in the, the law of Moses that talk about you know you must go and take flock. That's someone from the flock, a food offering, a burnt offering, a sacrifice. You must go and you know mix up some flour and oil and go to the sacrifice. Or if you're doing a ram, you've got to do this. Um, you've got to um, fulfill vows of peace offerings, etc., etc. I mean, when's the last time you, you sacrificed a ram? Or... Okay, that hasn't happened um, ever. <laughs> so, um, but you're right. It's 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 pretty dry, isn't it? And yeah. There's, there's pages of that. In, yeah. How in, how do in, things in like that? And, and, and numbers. Yeah. How do they teach us wisdom for salvation? You know, you know. Good question. Um, so, I, and it is it's pretty dry. So you know, back to the the mudslinging analogy. This this is a dry bit that 
doesn't stick <laughs> very easily. Um, but in, in some ways, what, what, what keeps me coming back to the Bible, what keeps many people coming back to the Bible, is just the sheer variety of, of writings that we have uh, in, this, in this collection of, of books of history and, and stories and poetry and wisdom and insight and so on. And, and it's, it's helpful to keep that purpose that we saw in mind in, in Timothy, the instruction in righteousness. Um, so what, you know, to think about what is, what is that piece of the text? contributing to instruction in righteousness or what is it how does it help us to understand um hum, a human relationship with with the divine with god um and how does it help us to understand human success or failure in that relationship and or and how does it help us point towards jesus you know some of these things that we've been talking about does it do any of that um you know and Maybe it does actually, uh, in a, in a couple of ways, because this this book of Numbers, and and this is a bit of a, a bit of an overview. It's 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 a, it's a book that describes the wanderings of of Israel in the wilderness. Uh, they come out of Egypt, but they haven't arrived at um, the land of Canaan, the promise, the land that they were promised. They're wandering in the wilderness, uh, and it describes this this wilderness journey, and they wander backwards and forwards, and all sorts of things happen. And and this book is is structured in in pieces. There's there's events that are described, and then there's laws given, and then there's there's another event, and then there's some more laws given, and then there's another event, and then some more laws. And if you think about that structure, it, it seems to be saying, well, here's some laws. Let's see if you can keep them. Events happen. You know, you can't. Failure. Okay, let's give you some more laws. Maybe that'll help. Another event. No, more failure. Let's add some more laws. More events. No, more failure. And so the, the macro point, if you like, is no matter how many laws, no matter how many things you tell human beings to do or not do, then they're going to fail and not going to keep that. So when you think about instruction in righteousness, this is sort of saying righteousness is not keeping a list of things that you must do and a list of things that you must not do. That That is not righteousness. That's that's not going to get you anywhere. It's not going to get human beings to reflect the image of God. It's got to be something much deeper than that, that changes hearts and minds and, and the way you behave and so on. So we won't go into it, but you know, it, it's a narrative about sacrifices. Well, Jesus was a sacrifice. So immediately you've got something else there as well that might explore uh, about pointing forward to Jesus. Yeah, that's interesting what you say about the, the overall narrative as well, because just looking back, Numbers 14 is when the people rebel. They don't do what they were yeah. told to do in, in going into the land. And then there's all these laws. And then chapter 16, 16 another, is another dramatic yeah, failure. An uprising. Yeah. 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 Um, and then, uh, yeah. And then there's some more, uh, yeah, chapter 18 then is duties of priests and, and Levites, yeah. which in the rebellion in the chapters yeah. before was yeah. someone saying, we should all be priests, we mm. should all be holy people. Yeah, so that, that's really, that, that's interesting. So the whole, you know, the, the overall structure in itself, not just, you know, the individual passages, the overall structure is sort of teaching something quite... Yeah, yeah, and, and I think that... That says something quite important about how these things have come together um, and been stitched together and woven together. Sure. In, you know, yeah, I mean, it's genius, really, or it's inspired. I think the other thing, the other thing maybe to add to that is that I, I don't necessarily think that God expects us, like there's some passages in the Old Testament which are long lists of names, aren't mm. there? Or um, like some of the sacrifice chapters about kind of detail of the sort of Jewish law that are mm. very, very repetitive. And it'll say, and it'll be only minor adjustments. And I think the idea that God's expecting us to read every single word and get excited about like this tiny, like at uh, this yeah. same being said, yeah. all these names that you don't mean anything. I don't think that's exactly what it is for at all. Um, in, in that sense, it's, it's often to build these big, rich pictures or narratives. Yeah. You, you need bits in there to make sure it, it, you can pick, pick these things up. So I think it's one of those examples where if you go to the Bible and think that on every single page, something is immediately relevant to your life, it just won't do it. And you'll, no. you'll let down. So you've got to take it for what it is. And some of this would have been really, really useful stuff in history um, that maybe doesn't mean as much to us now. We have to do a bit of digging to try and understand what it is. But I, 
guess that's one for next week, mm. Dan. Um, cool. Yeah, yeah, that'd be good. So I suppose one one last sort of question um, to either of you um, is: it, Does Jesus talk about you know using the Bible, or you know, does it, he obviously uses the Bible loads in the Gospels. It records it and quotes it. Um, can you, is there anywhere you can turn to? Yeah, I mean, there's. I guess there's the example of the um, of Jesus talking to the disciples on the road to Emmaus. Yeah. Um, which is in Luke 24, I think. This um, is after Jesus is um, yeah. from the dead, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So in and here he's um, he's talking to these two people who are still trying to get their head around what on earth has happened with with Jesus uh, in in Jerusalem after he'd been taken and crucified and, and placed in the tomb and now they were hearing reports uh, that the tomb was empty um, and, and that he, he had been raised from the dead um, and although they didn't recognise him he talks to these two people and in um, in verse uh, twenty five he says oh fools and slow of heart to believe all the things the prophets have spoken ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter uh, into his glory, beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expanded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So he's he's doing. It'd be great to have have a record of, of what he said. You know, what yeah. scriptures did he go to and say, look, this is talking about me? Um, you know, maybe maybe Naboth was was on on the list somewhere. Um, yeah. So the, just, you know, just the Passover lamb and, and all all these things. Yeah. And just to be clear, there. So it says beginning with Moses and all the prophets. Yeah. Um, and then there's a similar verse in verse 44. 44, I think, yeah. When he says, yeah, everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms yeah. must be fulfilled. So he's, he's referring there, or, or is he, referring to the specific Old Testament, the Jewish scriptures in the three sections. So the law, I think so, yes. prophets and the writings, or yeah. often known as the yeah, Psalms. begins with the Psalms. Yeah, that is sure. So probably more than half of it. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, he's 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 literally saying, look, this Old Testament, which was the complete Bible at the time when when he was walking on that yeah. road with disciples, this Old Testament is there pointing to me. That's what he was saying. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Which is which is you know what you what you said about um, Galatians and Hebrews and the other passages we looked at. So sure, okay. Yeah. Um, I, I it, it's a huge subject. Uh, um, I think we've we've gone uh, gone on a bit of a journey tonight. Um, why you read it? Uh, is, is there anything else you want you want to bring out, John? Uh, I think I guess the only other thing to acknowledge is that um, yeah, I, I think I've probably read the Bible through probably I don't know fifteen times or something like that. And I think um, my way of reading the Bible has changed over time, um, and I've learned more about different bits and that kind of thing. But I think the approach that we've kind of talked to tonight, I think, is a really helpful one because I certainly remember I used to uh, feel like if I didn't get something out of a really specific passage, I'd almost failed in that sense, and I used to put a real burden on myself to try and understand exactly what this chapter is telling me that maybe I hadn't missed before and actually if if the purpose of scripture is to tell us more about God and his purpose to grow us in our faith and to bring us towards Jesus as the sort of pinnacle I think that's a really helpful frame of reference it also makes sure that we don't bring unfair expectations to the Bible either way really um, and so I think that's at least for where I am now, ask me again in another 15 years, I might change my mind. But I think that's for me now is a really helpful and useful way of viewing the texts. Um, and I guess in, in the next couple of weeks, we, you, or whoever does them, will go on to think about how you read it in more detail. I think that's a really useful thing because, again, there's this distinction for me. The, the, the simple message of Christianity is really simple, but the Bible is quite complex. And that's okay. The message of Jesus can be taught in half an hour, 40 minutes, but the Bible is really detailed and, and making that distinction, I think, is a useful step mm. in people's life of life of faith. Sure, that's something. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 there's a well-known phrase, isn't there, that the Bible is, is not written 
um, to us, uh, but it is written for us. Um, you know, so if um, that, that's kind of getting to the same point, isn't it, John? That it's not necessarily there to I think so to, to pull out points for daily life. Um, but if if there's two things on this evening, I guess it's its purpose is to instruct in righteousness and to point to Jesus. Good. Okay, so it, it's worth people reading it in a nutshell. <laughs> I, I, absolutely. It, it, it would have been. Uh, a, yeah, it yeah. would have been surprised if we come to a different conclusions. It, it's uh, yeah. And, and wrestle yeah. with it. You know, that's it's yeah. not just for reading, it's for really Good. thinking about it. Yeah. Okay. No, that's really, really useful. Thank you. So, uh, so much to explore and, and really hope that we can we can do this again. Uh, so thank you. Thank you both very much uh, why, to send us why you read the Bible and uh, hopefully inspiring others to, to pick it up and, and read it. Maybe people have been put off by parts of the Bible before, um, thinking that they should should get it. They think they should, you know, understand what that is speaking to them. But, you know, perhaps we need to take a step back, think about the broad picture and what the, what the Bible is, is presenting to us and how it's leading us to, to somebody called Jesus uh, that we, uh, we've talked about. Uh, so, uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you both very much. Uh, we've pretty much come, come to the end. Um, so thank you everyone for, for logging on, for, for watching, for joining us, for joining the conversation. Um, it's been really interesting conversation and we hope to, hope to build on this and, and do more Bible Feed live webinars as we go along. You've been listening to the Bible Feed podcast. Thanks for joining us. We're always keen to hear what you think and hear your questions on subjects you'd like us to discuss. Get in touch with us on our Facebook page or send us a message from our webpage at biblefeed.org and be part of the journey.